We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Nice jumper. Got it. Got it. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by TheraOne NFL Sunday Ticket and, of course, the stalwart BetOnline.ag. I am joined, as always, by the incomprehensible, but in the good way, Rohan Kadi. Rohan, how's it going? I'm doing I'm doing all right. I'm very excited every time you hit record to see what the adjectives are going to be for me. You know, I, I think what people need to keep in mind is I don't think about it before I'm like seconds away from mid saying sentence. it. Mid-sentence. It's very Michael Scott. I don't know where the sentence is going before I get there. And I always, I always default to like Marvelous. And I'm like, I know I've used Marvelous, so I can't. So really like we're talking milliseconds here. Like it's very precise – and then it just, I, I thought, I'm proud of how today's turned out. Uh, this is my post-game interview about the intro. Uh, not bad. I think we can do better. Uh, we need to break, keep bringing energy and effort, which is what the Milwaukee Bucks did for at least a lot, most of their 121-107 victory to take a 2-1 lead over the Orlando Magic. They've snatched home court back, Rohan, 
And the score is a little deceptive. The Bucks were trouncing Orlando for most of this game. They let off the gas a little bit, plus the Magic finally started hitting threes. Sort of end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter. But they do close it out. No real scare, I don't think. At least I wasn't very worried. Uh, first in general here, what are your thoughts on this game three? It was just, it was a solid victory by Milwaukee. They showed who they were as a team. They started to look back, like look like their normal selves again. It was just, it was a good old-fashioned beatdown. Yeah, it was. And I think, again, like we've talked about this before, the final score, if, if Orlando's not hitting a ton of threes late, the Bucks certainly hold them they were under 100. for a majority of the game. Yeah, they were. And it, uh, again, for me, uh, the Bucks, I think, were up like 70 to 43 at halftime. But for me, it was all the defense. I mean, the defense at times tonight, truly impenetrable, even like in Kyle Korver's minutes. And I tweeted like the Bucks choking out Orlando on defense with Kyle Korver out there is like when Larry Bird would decide to just go lefty for a game just to prove he could do it. Like what a tremendous flex, like what a cocky thing to be able to do. And they did it um, really just and, and I kind of I mentioned this on Twitter a couple times. I tweeted good friend, friend of the show, Brian Butch, about this. Like, their defensive scheme that can leave, especially stretch big guys open sometimes, and other shooters as well, it looks a lot less tenuous when they play with the focus and the the absolute fire that they played with today. I mean, they take away shots that look like they're there. They don't let some shots happen just because it's, like, really dangerous to pass through this Bucks defense. They have a lot of guys who will snatch or punch a pass out of midair. They will, you know, crowd a driver and not even let him get a pass off. Like, they can be suffocating even despite, you know, this scheme that sometimes, I mean, I still think they should work on more stuff, but they make it work a lot better when they play with this kind of energy like they did today. Yeah, it's just everything seems to click uh, when they have the right mindset. It's just, it, they, they're, they're just a well-oiled machine out there when on defenses and this was on full display during this game it was just like i said earlier it was just a beatdown and it started on the defensive end yeah 100 percent. and that was encouraging to see i mean two games in a row now the defense is still i think going to be the most important thing for milwaukee some people will think they're a bad half court offense team i think they were second in the league in half court offensive efficiency so that's an inside first they were either second i mean maybe the bubble games brought it down I think oh, before true, the true. bubble, they might yeah. have been first. But uh, that's a very inside the NBA take. Uh, go to those guys for entertainment, not for real analysis, folks. Championship um, to Chuck. <laughs> that was that was amazing. It's it's a great show, but like they watch like the games on the network and maybe not even all of those. And that that's it. So uh, I, I, I'm anyway. here for all the playoff P slander. Oh, heavens. Yeah. I'd, oh, my goodness. What did. Somebody had a great burn with that. Now I don't remember what it is. But anyway, um, where should we start in this one? Like with individual players or individual stuff? What what stuck out to you? I'll give you the the first. Uh, I don't even. I can't even think of like a noun or a phrase. I want first first go at it. I guess we'll go first with that. go at it. Okay, if we're going yeah. with G, wow, great segue. Uh, let's go oh. with Giannis. <laughs> um, so yeah, he was all right tonight. He was all okay. right. You know, uh, thirty five points, eleven rebounds, uh, seven assists. Two steals, two turnovers, and so limiting that and one block. Only two fouls, you know, uh, in less than 31 minutes. Casual 12 of 14 from the field, two of three from deep, uh, nine of 12 from the free throw line. He missed more free throws than he did field goals. Um, so, you which, know, casual, which is actually you kind of expect from Giannis, but for the free throw number to be just three, that's pretty good. 
Yeah. Uh, according to ESPN Stats and Info, uh, Giannis becomes the fourth player in postseason history to average 30, 15, and 5 through his first three games, uh, joining KG, oh. Kareem, and Wilt. Weird stat, but I'll take it. It's, it's uh, remember uh, the Woj tweet uh, about Gordon. Oh Hayward? my! Is this the the Gordon Hayward thing? Yeah, that was that was amazing. What, I can't I can't remember agenda? off the top of my head that was, but because so specific, it was like this many points, this many rebounds, this many assists, this three point this, percentage on well, just this many looks per a game, twenty two percent usage rate. Like what? <laughs> really it's says something. Like I, thing where it's Jordan oh LeBron. <laughs> I just like that was such a a like what are you pushing here Woj like what does he know that we don't know Telling that tweet to make any Gordon sense Hayward. like yeah he's on a good team that's what it tells you um funny funny stuff but yeah Giannis no Giannis Giannis is good um yeah yeah he was just he he dominated this game uh clear and simple he was hitting his threes he was hitting every shot he was struggling a little finishing at the rim uh earlier in like game one especially and he's yeah. really cleaned that up and he's just making everything and it's like wild the team does great when Giannis is great yeah the two things that really stood out outside from just the fact that he's now finishing all his, his shots again I think I think both of his misses were jumpers because I think he shot a fadeaway that just barely missed yeah and then a three uh, that was missed and one of the threes yeah and it, it he airballed the three and I right away Who I cares? said cares no, I was like, listen, if he's going to make 40%, he can airball the other 60%. I truly don't care. And the great thing about Giannis is he doesn't care either. He does not get down about this kind of stuff. He just keeps going. And I think the other thing I know, like the threes are great. Um, I don't even want to dwell on it too much just because I feel like it can be so mercurial. Like it can switch so quickly how his threes are, are looking. But I think his form in, in the entire bubble has been terrific. I've really liked the way he's looked shooting them. I think he's picked great spots to shoot them. I think three per game attempts, pretty good number. I think anywhere from two to five is probably where I want to see. I don't want to see that many more. I don't want to see him use too many possessions that way because we know how effective he is within the arc. But they're looking good. They're looking confident. They're looking really good. But the fire he played with in this game, I mean, multiple times after one of his dunks, He's just letting out yells, and he's smart. He points himself away from everybody when he does it to make sure he doesn't get attacked. That's crucial in tech getting. Don't gesture at somebody, and we'll get to an incident <laughs> regarding techs later. But really just a lot of energy. I mean, he dove for a loose ball up 17 in the fourth quarter after Chris hit a big three, and we'll also get to Chris later. He let out a big yell and a fist pump. Giannis is fired up, and I think the whole team is fired up. I couldn't be happier to see that. I mean, they... Looked way too listless, especially game one. Throughout the the seeding games, most of them, even a little bit in game two. And then they still got away from it a little bit in this game too, but they had pretty much put it away. I wanted to see more effort, but that seems like it's trending in the right direction to me. I think that starts with Giannis as the best player, you know, the focal point of the team. I want them to be fired up. Like if they get mad sometimes about something, that's good. That's what I want to see. I want to see Brooke Lopez pick up a bad foul. I mean, maybe I don't want to see him throw a chair every time. They might run out of chairs down there in the bubble. But I want to see the passion and the energy. I mean, you got to be a little careful. You got to focus it the right ways. But that's, I mean, that's what leads to the defense just constricting it and, and everyone rotating so quickly and so crisply. This is not like a Kawhi-led team where they're just robotic and they go out there and do their jobs. This is not the Spurs, although they organizationally want to be like the Spurs. Like, they very much, they feed off of Giannis. They need that fire. It was there today. 
Yeah, it was. It seems like game one was really the kick in the pants that they needed. Uh, yeah. So it it might end up looking like a good thing that that embarrassing loss happens because it looks like they really took it personally. Uh, shout out Jordan. Um, and then <laughs> the, yeah, they've just they've just been dominant ever since. They they look like they care, which means that they're going to be playing really well. Because when the Bucks care, like I said earlier, they lock in and it's over for your if you're the opposing team. Yeah. Yeah, nine times out of ten, it feels like. Um, let's get That's to all you mean. <laughs> yeah, that that'll get the job done. Um, let's get to the fight ish, fight ish. So I want to say off the top, James Ennis was not throwing a punch. I it looked like that. I tweeted that a couple times, a couple at a couple different points right away during the fracas. On further review, he was trying to get Marvin Williams' arm off him. And let me, I guess I should probably explain, if you missed the game, the situation I'm referring to. Uh, James Ennis took exception to a Marvin Williams box out during, a, I think, a three and shoved him a few times. Or shoved him. Marvin Williams shoves back. James Ennis shoves again. What I didn't notice right away was Marvin Williams then grabs a fistful of James Ennis's collar and is kind of holding him by it. Marvin Williams, like, fights like an older dude. It, like, like, and he knows, I don't know, like, it's the he most fights. Marv way possible. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it seemed like he was half about to fight him and half, like, scolding him on his life choices. And James Ennis <laughs> took exception. He he was trying to tear the arm off of the jersey. It looked like a punch. I think it, he might have accidentally, inadvertently, mostly punched an official if Darvin Ham hadn't gotten in there and kind of yeah. absorbed he, it. He and did hit seemed the fine. Uh, official's arm, too. Oh, he got the arm. Yeah, he got his arm. Yeah. But I, it could have been, like, it inadvertently been a shoved uh, Darvin Ham to the ground. Poor Darvin, it's Ham Slam, which deserves better. But so it, I, I, I think I'm a little Philly announcer with the hostile act thing. I, I don't think it was that <laughs> bad in retrospect. They both got double taxed. There goes that Ennis. <laughs> there goes that Ennis. Ennis. The, the <laughs> ref didn't know his name. What? He was yeah, like, Marvin Williams is out. And uh, yes, you know, yes. the other guy. Yep. Ennis. <laughs> Like, cause you think it's Enos Cantor, um, but, uh, they both got ejected. I don't, I don't think, I, I certainly don't think Marv is going to face any real penalty. And after I watching think James it again, Ennis might, because he did make contact with an official. Yeah. If anything, it would be that. I, I think he could get a game. Um, after the, after a headbutt gate, Giannis getting a game for that. I, I don't know. I could see it. I don't think it'd be ridiculous for him to get a game. I don't think I'd freak out if he didn't get a game. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't know. I, I, I'm not moved that much one way or the other now. It's after, Ennis. yeah. Well, I mean, just like it's just like based on what he did, yes, removed yes. from it and seeing it in the context. I'm not nearly as fired up about it. Um, but I love the energy from Marvin Williams. Honestly, like I love the guy, when the Bucks have guys who it's are just big like Uncle Juice energy. Exactly, that's the best way to put it. I mean, like just you need those guys who are going to go out there and get in someone's face. Like it reminds me of when the Pistons got chippy with the Bucks. And Chris just immediately gotten. I think it was Blake Griffin's face. Like, don't don't punk yeah. Giannis. Like he tried to he tried to step that. over Giannis. Yeah, and Chris was like, "No, we're not doing this." Like they need that energy. Ideally, guys like Marvin Williams and not like Giannis. Like, let's stick stay away from Giannis headbutts. Let's get into more Marv getting into guys' face. Maybe with a little less jersey grabbing. If only but, we had Thon for the flying leg kicks. Oh my goodness. Deep cut. <laughs> Shouts to a friend of the pod, uh, Lazarus Jackson, who uh, we were tweeting a little bit about Giannis's energy and is it too much for him to dive for loose balls late in the game? And he goes, you can get energy guys from other places on the roster. Speaking of, do you guys want Thon back? And I was like, <laughs> no. 
new but mm. thank you we had some, we had some um, league uh players around the league weighing in uh theo pinson was like marv is one of the nicest dudes i ever met but he don't take no bs <laughs> i love see i love that that's that's the perfect buck right because they have the no a-holes policy mm. but also you don't want to be soft and I, I don't think the bucks are soft i think they look soft in game one i don't think they are and i think like having a guy like marvin williams who like nobody really wants to test that's just great for the team. I love it. I'm all about it. I wish he didn't get himself sus- uh, not ejected, excuse me, probably not suspended. We don't know yet. I, I don't think so, though. Um, I wish he didn't get himself tossed, but still like to see the energy of just like not taking that crap when somebody is coming at you, pushing you and all that. Yeah, but it, 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 was, a, it was a little bit of entertainment. Uh, it was a little jolt in the action because the Bucks were like, I think that was right, right when they got up like 30 so it was just like okay so this game's over so let's let's get a little bit of let's get a little uh, something else to talk about in the game <laughs> yeah and i think one of the interesting things about that happening quick news burst it's not really that relevant but Woj just tweeted it's not believed demontis sabonis has been able to engage in basketball activity for past six weeks rehabbing plantar fasciitis there's no expectation he'll rejoin active roster if he gets back in the bubble Pacers aren't looking great. I think Miami's probably going to take that series. I don't know if this would have mattered anyway, but it just for anyone wondering, this concerns the Bucks second round series a little bit. Does not sound like Sabonis will be a factor in that series. But the thing I like to see, and people are still mad about Bud playing a lot of guys. I think he's just going to do that for this whole series. I don't think we're going to see that the whole playoffs. But Marv gets tossed, and then a lot of the 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 expectation from a lot of people was, oh boy, oh brother. It's Ursan time. And my thing right away was we've seen Pat play back up four and be good at it. This Magic team is pretty small without Aaron Gordon. I would rather see that. And that's what we saw. We did not see Ursan come in and play those minutes. He does, he does get in this game, but not until true garbage time. How relieved were you to see, even in this perfect, seemingly perfect Ursan scenario, we don't see Ursan until much later. It made me, okay, it hurt me a little because watching Ursan play basketball is insanely entertaining. Uh, it's true. If The thing is, it's it's good if you actually uh, are invested in the Bucks because <laughs> uh, just having Ursan start getting into the rotation in the playoffs is not great. There's no way that uh, Bud would play Ursan against the Magic and not against like the Raptors or Celtics or Heat. Uh, sorry, Indiana. Um, but so not seeing him against the Magic just probably means that we're not going to see him really in the postseason at all, which is which is fairly good because he got absolutely toasted uh, last year. And uh, yes. just, this is the perfect Marvin Williams role. You just need more athletic guys out there. Yeah, exactly. It, it was it was, a, the, I think, probably the first since uh, the playoffs have began. It was a definite positive sign for the rotations though i think without a doubt that that's a win um anytime like again this was the perfect ursan situation if there's ever been one and to see him still not play really cements that he's out of the rotation firmly and like you said i mean if he's not going to play in this series i don't think anyone coming up is going to be any sort of a better matchup to try and hide him on defense so i think i think he's pretty much just out so uh, and that probably obviously also probably carries a lot of weight in the decision to pay him or not next year. I think $7 million non-guaranteed seeming more and more likely that that gets declined, but we'll get there in, in off season primers that now it seems like won't be coming 
for uh, at least a little bit longer. Uh, certainly, the Bucks are going to get to the first round, it seems. But before we finish breaking down this Game 3 win, this generally positive thing, it's, it's nice to see that. Uh, just a quick word from our friends at TheraOne CBD. Rohan, from tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it's like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Wersland, TheraBody exists to provide you the best scientifically validated natural solutions to soothe your body and relax your mind. Of course, we all know it started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products actually claim organic but have filler up to 30% and that fillers, those fillers can be potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the US, and their extracts are the highest quality available. Use the warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, the body balm for targeted relief, and of course, the sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now, through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, it's coming up, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days. This deal is not something they are likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. And tomorrow is Sunday, 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 and there's no NFL football yet, but it's coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels are included you will never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. All you need to do is visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Let's talk about Chris Middleton. Um, I, think, I think I said before the pod to you, one way or another, this is going to end up being a very Chris Middleton-centered podcast. I think what we saw in the game was probably like the, the performance that would get us to talk about him the least. I think he was just okay, but it does seem like, I mean, his line just ends up being okay. 17 points on 17 shots. He had uh, eight rebounds, six assists, one steal, and three turnovers, so still a little bit sloppy, although he was a team best plus 30 he was making some threes. He was making some tough shots. The line just ends up okay, but it did seem like he was feeling a bit more himself in this one. Yeah, it's definitely better. You said it's just 17 points on 17 shots. You know what's better? That's better than two points on eight shots, which is what you know, we saw. I'm not, I'm not a mathematician, but I do think you're right. Yeah, that is an insane improvement on what we saw in game two, which, you know, the Bucks did win, but it was still, it it doesn't matter whether they win this game, like, convincingly or not with Chris Middleton, because they can win it without Chris Middleton, you know? But it matters in the later series. So it's really nice to see him actually get going. It seemed like right from the tip, 
they wanted to get uh, like the Bucks wanted to get uh, Chris Middleton going. They were getting him some shots early. It was it seemed like it was a point of emphasis to get Chris in rhythm. And while it didn't start right away, I think he missed his first like two or three shots. Then he started to hit him, and he was actually taking more shots. Like it, I it's it's good seeing him miss. Like he missed ten shots, right? Seven of seventeen, but he took seventeen shots, which is great to see. If if Chris isn't going to be like making his shots, I at least want to see him take it. So it means he's not getting into a wrong mindset where he's being passive or anything. No, he was still being aggressive. He was getting some points. He was getting some buckets. He was getting some tough baskets too, like that and one. Giannis was especially fired up about him getting going. The entire team was. It was just, it was great to see. It was a markedly um, different output than the first two games of the series. Yeah, I could not agree more with your point about he's got to keep shooting regardless of anything. Like the eight shots was maybe the most unacceptable part of his game too because if you have two points through your first eight shots, you know, like we've talked about probably to an exhausting degree, he's not the kind of player who can just go, well, I'm not making them right now. I just have to stop shooting. Like he's past that now. I would much rather see 17 shots than eight shots, pretty much no matter what the results are looking like. I think overall, just a much better game for Chris. Like it's just funny because he started off looking awful. And I, I tweeted, of course, that like he's not looking good. He's just looking bad. There's no real excuse. And then immediately after hitting Sandy hits a three and he gets going. And I was like, yep, all I had to do was tweet about how bad he's been for him to turn it around. I should have known the whole time the ultimate jinx at play again. But no, it, it was really encouraging. I mean, Giannis clearly, like you said, that that clip was awesome. I think uh, obvious friend of the pod, former host of the pod, Kane Pittman tweeted the, a great look at it, a clip, and it's just such a cool clip. I mean, I think that's how we were all feeling, but Giannis really just wearing his emotions on his sleeve there. It, it was just great to see. I, I don't think he's all the way back. I mean, we got to see him drop like 30 now, but it seems like he's trending in the right direction, which honestly kind of feels like, you know, we'll take it for sure. And it kind of seems like it's applying to like the whole team right now seems to be trending in the right direction. Yeah. Everyone is not, there's not really anything you can like harp at, like just clear absent, like clear negatives in this game. Like there's no player that really had like an insanely negative impact without providing at least something positive. Unless, unless I'm wrong here. No, I think you're right. Um, unfortunately, Dante DiVincenzo gets tagged with a minus 16. He was the other guy I was really interested to talk about to you after the game. I thought he was tremendous. I mean, he ends up six points, two rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block, and two turnovers. And again, the, the team worst minus 16. So it's not like, you know, you look and he, he didn't drop 30 or something crazy, even 20, even 10. He just looked comfortable out there. He looked like... He looked I mean, he was driving to the rim. It wasn't erratic. Yes. Yes. He was very much in control. I mean, he made some very impressive drives to the rim and actually finished them, which was great to see. Um, on defense, again, just absolutely a menace causing problems all over the court for Orlando. And that had kind of picked up the last game. The offense still a little wishy-washy. It was back in this game, and it was very good to see. I mean... This is something I, I think I talked about this in the Discord during the game, but this is like the one positive of playing 11 guys in the rotation in this first series that, you know, maybe should have taken more seriously game one, but clearly the Bucks aren't, I don't think, at, like they're not going to play these rotations in the second and third round. I mean, I know 
sounds silly right now to say anything definitively about Bud's rotation ideas, but I just don't think we're going to see it. And I haven't gone back. I should probably go look. I, I would guess it's probably similar to what happened from the Detroit series to the rest of the playoffs. But anyway, you know, if you go to like an eight-man rotation, though, right away, even maybe a nine-man rotation, based on how bad Dante is and, and cut him out early, he doesn't get this chance to bounce back. So maybe, maybe there is some justification for running out all these dudes in this series. Maybe. Yeah, it just it's about getting in rhythm, you know. Like, again... It's it's not great for like the latter stages of the postseason, but it's like this isn't a normal postseason. You still need to get guys back in sort of basketball shape. I don't know how long I can use that excuse, uh, <laughs> considering every team is going through that. Um, except the Raptors, who had yeah, except like the Raptors. three extra weeks. Yep, they really People did. Forget. They, they uh, sure did. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Um, I guess a quick thing. Uh, Nick Nurse did win Coach of the Year. Bud came second. Uh, but oh yeah. yeah, Bud got the second most first place. I think five first place votes. Somehow, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I I think it should have been a hundred first place votes for Nick Nurse. Yeah, but... no, it was well deserved by Nick Nurse. Congrats to him, Raptors Nation. It was it was great. It was it was well deserved, and Bud came second, which I think is fair. Yeah, uh, like I said, I had like a group of like five to six coaches who I think all could have been second or third, and then clearly one who should be first, and that is what happened. Yeah. Uh, as we're recording this, we have not gotten any other uh awards that have been announced but and there's absolutely no schedule or nope. any idea when we the have rest no are idea come when they're gonna come out so sorry <laughs> but yeah what were we talking we'll about? let you know when they do though yes no yeah we will have you covered on that uh we were talking about rotations right yeah yeah so it yeah so you can't really control whether uh, it's it's really like getting into game shape or not, but it, it's good to get guys into a rhythm. Just you don't want to do it too much, and especially when your backs are against the wall. I think that's the main uh, concern uh, with what's going on here. It's like, especially after the game one loss, it's like you're losing the game and you're still going to like an 11-man rotation. Like that's a problem. But if you're winning the series like handily, it's fine if you want to get guys in rhythm. I think it's just about like context. Yeah, no, I would agree. And I think like the rhythm, the the intensity they play with on defense, it forgives a lot. And I think the guys that they do play outside of Robin Lopez, who just is not looking like he's going to play a large role in this postseason. I think he's going to be a like break glass in case of foul trouble kind of guy uh, going forward. Because I think Brooke Lopez and Giannis are such good options over 48 minutes to the center position. Just makes it tougher for Robin. But yeah, I think most of the guys have looked really good. I mean, Pat continues to be awesome. Pretty low usage game, but I think he hit both of his shots today. Yep, two of two from the field, one of one from deep. Yeah, just, again, continues to be an absolute sniper. Honestly, this is maybe maybe we're not yet to, like, talking about closing. Maybe we are. Um, I want to talk about, like, your ideal rotation because mine was basically eight guys for a while. And now with Pat playing this well and Dante seeming to return to the fold, I think it's kind of been pushed up to nine. Like even my ideal like playoff rotation, I don't see how you can't play all five of the starters, George Hill, Dante DiVincenzo, Marvin Williams, and Pat Connaughton. Like Pat has been so good. You can range him really across like three positions. Like unless you have like a very unique. Yeah. Huh? Two through four. Two through four. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You need a really unique power forward. The kind we don't really see anymore and the Bucks really won't see to be too big for him to handle. Uh, he's just he's just good. And if he's going to keep shooting threes, 
I think defensively, he's been way more in control. He's been too good for me to say he just shouldn't play in big games. And I mean, that's a good, a good quote unquote problem to have, but I'm curious, what do you think about the rotation going forward in like the real series? Sorry, Orlando. If it's, if it's a real close series, I'm not sure that Dante needs to play, you know? Yeah. Cause he's, he's still not great on the offensive end as great as he is on defense and his activity. Uh, you were tweeting about him being like a pest, uh, just like that, that brings a lot, but it's also like Pat's bringing it on the offensive end and like partially to the same level on the defensive end. So I don't know if I'm at the level where Dante needs to play in a close series, um, he, he could convince me as time goes on, but I don't know if I'm there yet. I'd still probably just roll with uh, uh, Marv, George, and Pat off the bench. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really solid like cross-positional selection. And again, it's so nice that like Giannis at the center has become a more utilized thing by the Bucks because now I feel completely comfortable. Like if Brooke plays 32 to 34 minutes, totally fine with Giannis playing 16, 14 to 16 or whatever minutes at center like i mean those lineups might end up being so good they demand more usage particularly like when it actually in both Giannis and brook at center lineups i just love the defense when Giannis and george hill are both out there because there's just arms everywhere like trying to pass against lineups with those two guys are nightmarish i almost wonder and actually i now i just thought of someone else we actually we absolutely need to talk about but I almost wonder at this point if George Hill will end up sneaking into closing lineups either for Brooke or for Wes Matthews, depending on the matchup. And I like Wes Matthews. I think he's done really good stuff. This is matchup dependent. depends on who he guards. He's having a little trouble in this series because, like, he's a strength over speed guy. Like, he's much better on stronger forwards. Fournier loses him sometimes. Fournier is pretty quick. I, I almost wonder if George Hill would be a slightly better matchup. We know he's he's a better three-point shooter. I don't know. I don't know if I'm all the way there. Still very high on Wes Matthews, who's always good in small doses and just a terrific guy to have on the team. I don't know. That That's interesting. We'll see on that going forward. But there is one other guy we need to talk about. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know. I still think Wes brings a lot. I just, I don't know. I'm not ready to necessarily just say that he doesn't really have a role, you know? No, yeah, no, I'm just saying, like absolute, like closing, like two minute yeah, lineups. Yeah, like rolling the rolling the closing lineups. I should say. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not, like to make it very clear, I'm not saying don't play Wes. Wes is awesome. Yes, uh, but it. I don't know. He's just he's so solid that you, you he's reliable. You know, like he will yeah. make the right decisions. He'll make the right plays. Sometimes he may get a little like. Uh, it, it it he may be a little slow sometimes. But he'll make up for it in different ways and he'll like adjust and call out rotations accordingly. So I don't know if it's necessarily like a problem problem yet. If that sort of occurs where like there's just a matchup problem where he's just getting just absolutely demolished, then yeah, maybe he shouldn't be there. But right now it's not like it's not bad. It's more it's not like that. I don't think he should be there. It's more like I just I'm struggling trying to figure out how to get George Hill there and I just feel like he really belongs there. It's it's, it's another another good problem to have. Um West with a good game. Again, he took six shots, all of them from deep, made three. His three-point shot has looked really good recently. As has Brooke Lopez, who also made 50% of his threes. He was 2 for 4. He had a cool 16 points, 6 rebounds, 
one steal. Every time George, or not George, Brooke Lopez doesn't record a block, I feel like somebody just missed it. <laughs> it always seems like he's blocking shots, but maybe that's actually legit in this game. Not the guy I wanted to talk about, though. Can you guess the player I think we need to talk about before we wrap this thing up? Unless there's other stuff, too. I'm, I'm open. It's, it's Bledsoe, right? It's got to be Bledsoe. I, Bledsoe deserves a lot of credit, man. You pointed this out in the last podcast, and I was kind of like, eh, maybe. I think he's been, outside of Giannis, maybe their consistently best player throughout the playoffs. He's just, he showed up in subtle ways the whole time. I think this was probably his best game so far. Um, it not just, it's easy to just say that looking at the results, like puts up 14 points, five rebounds, eight assists, three steals on five for nine shooting, including two of three from deep. So it's easy to say, oh, you're just saying that because his threes fell this time and they didn't before. I thought he picked his shots a lot better. I, I didn't think, I don't think any of them were like early shot clock while Giannis is out there just pulling up pretty quickly threes. I think one of them, I think they were, they might have all been pull-ups, but like one was later in the, the play after some stuff broke down. One of them was he had a big matchup on him, I think Vucevic, and kind of broke him down and Vuce sagged so hard he just took the open three. Like they felt better situationally and he continues to just drive and break down defenses and both score and create looks for others. He used the threat of the pull-up three to get to the rim at one point, which particularly I'd really love to see that from him. He's just been really good. Like he's, he's been he's more been than good. solid. He's been really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a this little is like, quietly. This is like his ideal role. Is it not? Yeah. It's like, you he, know, I, I agree. He's a tertiary creator who can, you know, get his own shot, stretch out a defense and just like, you know, make good decisions and be a pest and just be an absolute, like just, just menace on defense. Like this is this is what we we really wanted from Eric Bledsoe. This is his ideal role in the team, and he's actually doing it. And it's the postseason. <laughs> it is. It, it's been very encouraging to see. This is this is the dream for Bledsoe. You know, creating using the space of the other guys and getting to the rim a lot. And of course, we haven't even mentioned it. The defense remains just terrific. I mean, he bothers whoever he's guarding. He's bothering in some some way, shape, or form. Uh, especially Fultz, who is really trying, but just not, just struggling. And and pretty much everyone in the league does, so it's not a problem. But Bledsoe has just been, has just been awesome. And I just hope he keeps up this exact level of play. You know, score 15-ish points a game, I'm totally fine with that. If they're coming on these good shots, he's setting up his teammates. I mean, eight assists is a lot for Eric Bledsoe, but with the way he's been driving and, and warping defenses... He could probably get up near there consistently, and that's good to see because then a lot of his assists and Giannis's assists in this game as well were the three-point shots. I truly think the more the Bucks can create a little bit of inside-out game and open up those those good looks from catch-and-shoot looks from three, I think their three-point percentage is just going to be naturally higher because they're taking so much better shots, and the shooters are getting to shoot a little bit more. So. Just terrific postseason so far. I think this game was the best so far for Eric Bledsoe. Just keep playing the same exact game, man, and that's going to really help the Bucks going forward. Yeah, there's just it's just getting better shots, better decisions, and that just that stems from him to the whole team, and it just it just makes better Bucks basketball. Yeah, that's all I can really say about it. And it felt like we really saw the truest Bucks basketball we've seen in months today. By the way. It, yeah, Speaking it, really, of just that it term. really was. Aside from maybe the comeback against the Heat, 
yeah that that was up there but as terms of and i still yeah for the majority of the game like given they did let their foot off the gas a little uh in the second half but they just they just demolished this magic team yeah it was certain the first half was definitely the best half since the miami game this was and still not a complete game but still definitely their most complete game inside the orlando bubble so far and this is something marcus johnson said before the the game oh you're back on fox sports oh yeah oh yeah back on fox sports wisconsin baby but uh he was talking about you know maybe it's good that they're not peaking early you know they kind of they got that jolt like you mentioned to wake them up and now they're really like rolling into form as it goes like Maybe it makes it less likely that, you know, a game one against like like what happened with Boston the last time around, you know, they get a little too comfortable with the first round matchup and then it comes back to bite them later, like that first game against the Celtics. Maybe maybe now they're, they're going to be a little more prepared, a little more in rhythm, a little bit more, you know, focused, aware. I don't know if they should need that, but I, I mean, who knows? It maybe. Maybe it'll work out for the best, despite how disgusting that loss really was. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. It's just as long as they don't like peak too early. I think Marcus put it really well when you do, uh, mentioning that. It's just if you can if you can play your best basketball when the it actually really matters and you're facing your toughest competition. That's that's the ideal. That's the ideal, and it looks like the, this Bucks team is on track to do that. It does. It does indeed. So. Uh, I think we covered it pretty well. I mean, the Magic, conti- uh, sh- I will say shouts to the Magic, who are down 30 for multiple minutes, fought back to make it kind of a real game. I mean, they're, they're in this series. They, I think they got a little lucky, and they just kind of started jacking up threes on every possession. So maybe they were just kind of saying, let's get this over with, and they start to go in, and it's like, oh, boy, let's, let's actually play. But they, they work on defense. They try really hard. They, they fight for good shots. Vucevic has been really impressive. Credit this Magic team who, I think this is better for the Bucs. Like, it's not just a walkover like Detroit last year. Yeah, I do too. And I I, I mean, Detroit, I think, really tried too. I just think they were a little too bad. Orlando, maybe a little better. I'm still surprised Wessel Wundu doesn't play that much. Like, he was in their garbage time lineup. I think he's a real, like, useful wing player. Maybe better served playing him than Gary Clark, although he's even smaller, which, and obviously they're trying to use Gary Clark on Giannis. We'll see. It Uh, did not work. No, I mean, none of none of their guys are going to work. And speaking of their guys, Aaron Gordon, I think, is hoping to maybe play on Monday. Oh, is he? We'll I didn't see, see that. if he does. Yeah, he's still, I think he's, like, healthy, but now trying to get his conditioning back. I guess they were worried he wouldn't, like, keep up, up and down the floor this game. So, it's not a really ringing endorsement, like, two days away from him potentially playing. But we could see Aaron Gordon return. I, I would imagine we'd probably see him at least in Game 5. Um, but it sounds like we could even see him in game four. We will see. I don't think it's going to make a big difference. I mean, nobody's stopping Giannis regardless of anything. And I don't think a, a winded, rusty Aaron Gordon is going to be the guy to do it. But could make a difference. We will. I mean, not a big difference, but it could make somewhat of a difference. We will see. Um, but otherwise, I don't think I have anything else for this game. Rohan, do you have anything additional? Uh I can't really I can't really think of anything. This was just it was a, it was a good old fashioned Bucks game. Um but I guess I guess we can wrap up here and say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep. If you did indeed enjoy this episode, please leave a rating and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Tell all your family and friends about the show as well as checking out all of the great content being put out across the Blue Wire network. What is it? Uh, We will be back with you after game four on Monday, which is a noon tip.
I think. That sounds right. Uh, yeah, that's another noon tip. tip. Cool. I didn't get it wrong this time. Which uh, will probably be more like a 1220 tip based on today's yeah, game. what on earth? It is a, okay, I got it wrong. It's a 1230 game. Uh, so, but we we will be uh, doing a post game pod for that as well. Uh, but, but before I let you go uh, from today, I want to talk to you guys about Bet Online. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.